She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And I'm so excited to be having Ashley Grosh from thefarmlife.com on our episode. And today we are doing a ton of question and answers. You guys have been asking so many questions. We love hearing from you. And today we're going to answer a bunch of them. So we're so excited. But first, Ashley, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Hi, everybody. So I own a company called The Farm Life. And what it is, it's an integration of functional medicine in with wellness products and also my farm. So it's just this whole lifestyle company. Um, I see about a thousand patients a year with functional nutrition and just overall wellness, specializing in hormones, gut health, um, metabolic resets, pediatrics, just a wide range of things. Uh, so I have a little grocery store, but I also have a little a little wellness center as well. All right. Question four. I'm good about not eating refined sugar, but I eat a lot of fruit and I eat a lot of acai bowls. What are your thoughts on that? Ashley? Well, <laughs> well you know my thoughts on that. But, um, <laughs> so we talked about fruit with how it's a, a yeast feeder and most lots of people are yeasty. So but let's look at what we're trying to do when we stop eating sugar from our brain. Our brain, we're trying to calm down this overly stimulated reward pathway, pleasure reward pathway, which is where our norepinephrine lives, our fight or flight. Um, we're trying to calm that down, which means we're trying to calm down cravings, the need for pleasure and reward. So it is very helpful to just go ahead. If you really want to get rid of the cravings, it's just to go ahead and get rid of all that sweet for a while to just balance your brain. You're just trying to balance. You're never going to get rid of your reward pathway because that's how our survival depends on it. But you are trying to balance your contentment pathway, your serotonin with your dopamine pathway, your pleasure reward. So it is very helpful for like a 30-day period to just take it all out. Go through go through the detox trenches, go through that headache that lasts about a week and get your pathway balanced out where after 30 days, if you have a little bit of fruit, it's not going to signal you where you also want some candy because sweet is still sweet. So it doesn't mean that fruit is bad, but it is not helpful when you're trying to get rid of processed sugar to when you're trying to retrain your sugar cravings. Mm. I love that. And, you know, one of the things I say are, are acai bowls superfoods or are they sugar bombs in disguise, right? Mm -hmm. And if you look at the Cinnabon, you know, I looked it up. A Cinnabon has what they say is 59 grams of sugar. It has 880 calories and 59 grams of sugar. The last acai bowl that I looked up had 62 grams of sugar, okay? Mm -hmm. So a warrior bowl that, was at one of these famous places and it, it has flaxseed, it has broccoli, it has goji berries. I mean, it sounds like, oh my gosh, I'm eating like the best thing ever. Right. Well, the truth is it has 64 grams of sugar. I mean, that's insanity. And so that's the kind of stuff that I'm talking about where people are like me included, right? Because I would, I love an acai bowl. I mean, you know, I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, this is great. But let's say that somebody 
doesn't have candida, what would you say? Like if someone says, look, I'm Ashley, I love you, but I'm not cutting sugar out completely. Okay. What would you say if they had to kind of say like grams of sugar per day, what would be the absolute most amount of grams per day that you would kind of suggest someone to have Mm. in a day? Well, I mean, our ancestors ate very few grams of sugar. So I would, I would encourage not going over 15 to 20 tops, which you get that from other, all these other sources that are whole food based. I mean, I just doing it, being an ancestral nutritionist, it's our ancestors really just ate only ate sweet when they could find it, which was rare. And it was very seasonal, very seasonal. And it was fast, like comes and goes. Um, I just don't, I just think it's a slippery slope once you start adding that stuff back in. Um, but if you stick with lower sugar fruits, like blueberries are wonderful, all the bear, you know, the berries, the berry family in general is pretty good, but, and maybe kind of table the bananas and the oranges, um, and strawberries, those are strawberries are not good, but the blueberries, your blackberries, your raspberries. I, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go over 20 grams a day personally. Mm, I love that. And, and even, you know, one cup of, of, uh, blueberries has 15 grams. So even having like half of a cup of blueberries, you know, is, is great too, because you're still getting those berries if you decide that you absolutely need to. And, and just so you know, I am just, I'm doing, I'm feeling so much better because I have just made a commitment for right now. I am cutting out all fruit. I think I had, I've in the last 20 days, um, I had one plain strawberry just because it was this new pink strawberry. Have you seen those ones? Mm-hmm. They're like white or whatever. And mm-hmm. I was like, I really want to taste that. And it was like Valentine's day. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have one plain strawberry. And that was kind of the, the end of that. Okay. On to the next question. Hi there. I'm curious. Do most of you avoid snacking altogether? I'm learning about the effects of intermittent fasting and our insulin response. It seems snacks aren't a great idea in general. I'm new to this and curious about what is typical. I'm starting with a window from 12 to seven, and I feel like I need a snack most days midway, but then I don't necessarily need a big dinner. Not sure if I really need that snack or if it's just a habit. Thanks for your help. Katie Shannon. It's a good question. What would you say? So it depends on if in that window, if Katie's getting hangry. So hangry is a symptom that's not a positive one. And we're looking for someone to be fast adapted. Fast adapted would mean you're not getting hangry in the fasted state. You can get hungry and you can drink a big old glass of water and get rid of that hunger. But if you're tipping over into hangry, then your adrenal glands are spiking up cortisol and turning that into glucose because of that pathway. And so that's, you're not fast adapted yet. So if you're fast adapted, snacking is completely unnecessary. I, I think that it's really important to mimic our ancestral pattern and, and rest and digest between food for as long as we can handle. Um, however, if you're getting hangry and ragey, you're not ready for that yet. And you need to eat like an avocado bowl. You're not going to eat the, you're going to try to eat fat and protein still. You're not going to go to carbs for that snack. Cause that's, then you're never going to become fast adapted. 
but a little bit of fat can go a long way or a little bit of protein can go a long way to reduce that hangry, get you to your, you know, your next eating window. It really depends on that, that, at, you know, that adaptation and being ready though. Yeah. But otherwise I, I don't believe in snacking. I agree a hundred percent. And the thing for me, what I have had to learn. So my, I used to be such a snacker that my whole family had a song for me and it'd be like, all I do is snack, 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 no matter what, you know, that song, all I do is win because I was just out of control with snacking. And the thing for me, I do better when I just focus on one meal. And then I basically have one more meal or a tasting and then that's it. And I know, you know, when I was younger, I used to, when I was skiing, I'm a terrible skier, but I'm great, but I never could stop. And for me with eating, my number one thing is once I start, it's harder for me to stop. So every time I start, it's like a struggle for me to stop. It takes so much effort. So I try to not start as many times because then it's like, oh my gosh, I have to stop. And it's like, whoa. So that is a really big deal for me. And so for me, if you, I, I agree with you, if you are not fat adaptive, you need to, but you want to wean yourself off of it if possible. So... I don't know about you, but I think there's something really special about having a group that you can connect with, a group you can grow with, and a group that you can learn from. That's why we created Connect in 40. It's just a small group, but it's virtual. It's a place where we can meet and we watch a powerful speaker, and then we talk about what we learned and how we can apply it to our lives. And so it's amazing. It's on Wednesday night, every Wednesday at 7 Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific, And it's just 40 minutes. It's awesome. It's powerful. So go to connectin40.com. That's connectin40.com. We hope to see you there. Question number six, what's your best tip for pushing through that last little bit when you're just getting started with intermittent fasting? Rosalind Vance. Do you want me to start? I can. Um, For me, I would say... The best thing for me, when you're literally, when you're to the point where you're like, I am so like, I really need to eat something, but you set a goal that you said, okay, I'm, I don't want to eat until, you know, noon or one or whatever. For me, what works the best is I go for a walk. Walk is the magic elixir because it then will push me at least for another hour. And then the other piece of it too is, Like for example, today, right now, while we're recording this, it's around two o'clock. So this morning when I woke up, I don't, I have black coffee in the morning and I don't have any kind of creamer or anything in there, but I knew I would, I was going to be really hungry doing this call. And cause I didn't, I don't know if I even ate dinner. I had a very small something for dinner last night. So I knew I was going to be hungry and I needed to do this call. So I did end up having um, a coffee with some non-dairy creamer in it. And that little bit of non-dairy creamer, it's probably about 30 or 40 calories that I had at one o'clock or one thirty. now is pushing me through to be able to get through it. Um, having a cup of hot tea, one of my, my friends who is very, very thin, she always says she has about five cups of plain 
tea per day. Sometimes it's just herbal tea. Sometimes it's green tea, but she has like anywhere from four to five cups of tea a day and it's hot and she loves it. And it basically helps take her to the next level. What about Mm -hmm. you, Ashley? Yeah. A lot of hunger is boredom. So we have to kind of check in on that. And so I love your idea of going on a walk, um, getting over that hunger hump and figuring out, yes, yes, you're actually hungry, but you're also like used to eating, right? So you're fasting because you're trying to break the habit of that. And you're trying to metabolically hack your, your system, but going outside and just finding something to do, going on a walk, um, is generally a, just distract yourself, not a workout. So it's, that's not what we're saying, but just go outside and do something. And next thing you know, you're so distracted, you're not hungry. And you, and like you said, an hour has gone by and then yeah, a beverage, generally a hot beverage will, will help with the signaling, um, and turning, turning off hunger. So similar. Mm-hmm. All right. This question says, wondering about taking multivitamins when I'm doing OMAD. If I'm only eating at dinner time, is it okay to take t- vitamins in the morning or the afternoon? I'm just wondering if I'll get nauseous or if people fasting take vitamins successfully. Krista Clay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So some vitamins are with food and some vitamins are without food. Um, you can generally take antioxidants and glutathione and things like that whenever you want, but otherwise you need to take your B vitamins and your fat soluble A, D, K, uh, and most of your minerals with food. So, and yeah, those can all be taken at night. Some people find B vitamins, which are in all multis to be a bit energizing, kind of like a cup of coffee for them. So they can't take B vitamins at night, but I wouldn't take B vitamins outside of food, right? You're just going to excrete them out. uh, Not, there's no absorbency with them at all. Um, I also am not really a big fan of multivitamins in general. I think it's just from a smart, smart supplementation standpoint, um, you know, running some labs, checking your vitamin and mineral status, and then kind of using the, the, the information that you get from your labs, plus like what things are just tend to be low and supplementing more like isolating your nutrition. Um, but yeah, most supplements can be taken at night with food instead of in the morning. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that if you wanted to do OMAD and you wanted to take your B vitamins, let's say earlier in the day, I would maybe have something like a hard boiled egg and have like just something small or a little bit of avocado or whatever it was, um, that kind of would be a great thing that wouldn't spike your insulin too much, but that you could have it with that B vitamin. Like I said, maybe, you know, a hard boiled egg or a little bit of avocado or Mm -hmm. something that you felt like, Hey, I can have this. It's not going to spike my insulin. It's going to be something that's high fat and low carb. And you can have just a little bit of it and have that with the vitamins. So you're not feeling nauseous. You're not feeling sick, but for the most part, I would say, yeah, whatever vitamins you need to take, try to take it, you know, with dinner. But like you said, with those B vitamins, I personally, I, I've done B vitamins around like five o'clock and I'm usually fine, um, to be able to go to bed and I go to bed at like eight 30 or nine o'clock. So usually I'm okay. Every once in a while I have taken them that late and it has kept me up. So it, I think it really depends on, you know, how good that B vitamin is as well. And you have to kind of play around with it. 
Okay. This next question says, hello, I'm struggling with how to handle my fast when I'm needing to take medicine for cold or flu. What is recommended? I think that kind of, it goes back to the, really the same question that we just answered. That was from Ann Dorman, by the way. Oh, Holly Ann Dorman, excuse me. And I think it's the same way. Like if you feel like you have to take it, then take it with a little bit of food or if you, or do it at night whenever you're already eating. So I think we've kind of answered that question already. All right, now we have a couple more questions and this says, okay, fasting fam needs some advice around medication supplements. Thank you in advance for being a supportive community. And this is from MK Schiller. And just so you know, if you are not joined us on our Facebook group, it's intermittent fasting and OMAD group. We'd love to have you on there. It says, I know medications do not break a fast, but what about supplements with calories like fish oil, biotin, and vitamin D? Speaking of medication and supplements, I'd like to take mine before bed. What about you? Speaking of supplements, what is your supplement game? I take biotin, vitamin D, vitamin C, fish oil, magnesium, and a baby aspirin. In parentheses, she put diabetic, wondering if I should add or remove. Okay, so we answered most of that already about with food at night, et cetera. But with proper supplementation, I think there's a lot of benefit to having your labs done and checking everything. And um, and tests don't guess. We A lot of people throw a bunch of stuff at them and they don't really need it. Now, what she just listed supplement-wise sounds like a great, actually a great maintenance routine. I think there might be a couple of holes in that with uh, you know, a, a nice maintenance probiotic, like a spore-based probiotic would be helpful and um, a B-complex. So most B-complexes don't have biotin. So then you can add in a B-complex. Uh, it's pretty important, particularly to get B12 and folate in every day uh, for liver support. But otherwise, that's a pretty good uh, supplement maintenance routine, uh, minerals, but I mean, really I, I run my, I run labs on myself every three months, just a good vitamin mineral status, inflammation, hormones. It's just for preventative health. It's not even for medical anything. Um, and then I'm able to say, Oh, my iodine level is a little bit high. I can, okay. Stop the iodine or my thyroid needs a little bit more ashwagandha or whatever it takes. Um, so that's actually ideal in a preventative health setting is to run your own at home labs once every three to six months and keep fine tuning it with your supplements. Mm. And I would definitely talk to a doctor about that, you know, baby aspirin that you're taking daily. I will just make a, a quick note that if you have gastrointestinal bleeding, daily aspirin can increase the risk of developing a stomach ulcer. If you're already having, you you may not even know it, but you could have a bleeding ulcer or gastrointestinal bleeding and some issues like taking an aspirin could cause more bleeding. Um, so I am not a fan of that, but obviously you need to talk to your doctor about it. But I personally would not be a fan of doing that unless your doctor said that that was absolutely, you know, a big thing for you. Ashley, anything on that? I agree. Yeah. I'm always very cautious with taking pharmaceuticals like that ongoing without it being completely medically ne necessary. 
Awesome. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge and everything with us. And I know you're making such a big impact in people's lives with their health. So I thank you for that. And I want you to tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Okay. Yeah. So I can be found at thefarmlife.com. I see clients all over the country via telehealth, or I have an in-person wellness center in Virginia beach. And then on social media, I'm found at the farm life movement on uh, Instagram and Facebook. All right. Well, this is great. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Stay tuned. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.